I stand at the kitchen sink, cleaning up after myself. I'm trying to beat the odds of dying, but it's made more difficult when the image of a man from the grocery store flits through my brain. Really? She says out loud to herself, cynical and jaded these days. What the fuck is he on my brain for? I have spent far too much time on some fantasy. Get out of my way already. But he doesn't disappear. He's still there. He's replaying everything he's ever seen in his head and, as a result, she can see his face clearly in front of her, almost as if he were in the same room. He comes and goes quite frequently. That is, when he's not successfully flirting with his co-worker, Jessica. That's going to get him fired soon enough. And her, as well. His eyes are dead to her. There is no sparkle of life to them. She has no sparkle of life to her own, but she tries to ignore that fact, going through the motions of what it takes to stay alive. Barely. She consumes 800 calories a day. One day, she will waste away, and I will blame the man who won't quit thinking about her while he's balls deep in another woman. How's it going, Ben? When did you arrive on the scene to interrupt my reverie regarding some random worker at delicatessen? Since when are you in charge of the story, bro? As I recall, you write a shit story. Let me tell your story, instead. Maybe that'll feed your narcissistic supply. Once upon a time, there was a Christian prince named Ben. He was born to a large family, having three sisters and two brothers. Then, of course, there was his father and his mother. His mother was beyond stress from having her boundaries crossed by assholes who have no respect for a lady, turning her into a woman who has no internal monologue, she drives everyone away with her motor mouth because she does not want to be hurt again. Every time she's almost better, she recreates that which makes her ill. His father seems rather well-adjusted and is in a loving relationship with his second wife, who has many children of her own. Thus, Ben's blended family is enormous. It is a small tribe. And they do exactly as tribes are meant to do, favors for each other. Each and every one of them is in a service profession and they perform services for each other. They are loving and caring, gathering many times per year to mingle and catch up on the times. On the other hand, Ben's direct siblings are all in some sort of state of disrepair. They have to mentally groom themselves, often, in order to search for romance. Many of them found it online or in a small religious setting that met with their approval. They each have their own religion or lack thereof because of a strange journey their mother took them on over their childhood, which I know nothing about officially but was always curious regarding. At any rate, Ben was sheltered. He did not have friends so much because he had enough siblings to keep him busy at all times. I know nothing about his childhood other than he went to private school with his brothers until high school, whereupon they were dumped into the public schooling system. I suppose they had their foundations set. In my unpopular opinion, Religious schools set children up for failure in the real world. They are taught fantasies rather than realities and they continue to foster these falsehoods to the grave. As if to prove my point, he told me once during our courtship that he was given an anonymous love letter in high school. It had been put into his locker and was unsigned. He thought it was a joke. Anyone else would think that they had a potential secret admirer, that is, unless he was bullied. Suddenly, the empath signal inside me turned on and I had a tiny bit of compassion for the man over this story. He has no idea this is what got him one step closer to having a wife, but I do because I would have been his wife if he'd asked me. At least, that was true for a minimum of 18 months. Then he went to a school for engineers. It's a popular school, predominantly male, because women aren't encouraged, or weren't. There is some encouragement now, 
to chase after higher thinking, to pursue the arts of creation. It's almost as if men are threatened by the idea of a woman being able to create everything. Art, architecture, applications, life. It's just too much, apparently. Not to mention, we might distract them from applying themselves to their pursuits. We might accidentally encourage them to overindulge in pure fantasy. He told me that some guy was randomly calling dorm rooms, soliciting men for sexual intimacy. I asked him if he did it. He said he didn't, but he had the cat caught in the cream look mixed with fear and anxiety. I think he lied, but what do I know? I'm just an observer looking for the truth in all things. The truth is, Ben is a liar. I can prove that. Now, I've decided most of everything he ever told me must be a lie. Ben didn't graduate on time despite the lack of females to distract him from his conquest of a degree. Instead, he went into debt, went home, worked for a while, paid off that debt, then went back to school on daddy's dime. He finished, finally, after six or seven years of college. He was even part of a group of party animals, the EverQuest kind of party that includes dorm room pizza, though I never heard of a fraternity from Ben himself. Just his good college buddy who still likes to drink beer and shoot the breeze. I like that guy better than Ben these days. This allowed Ben to become acquainted with dozens of male peers, both his age and younger. My good friend Sheila tells me that as of age 12, a child stops listening to the influence of their parents and starts to listen to their peers. Thus, she got to know her kids' friends and parented them, too, extending her influence to his peers and growing her own ideas of life, the universe, and everything. In fact, according to Gerald, an extra adopted son, white people are allowed to use the N-word as long as it ends in an A and not an R. I think this might be Gerald's preference rather than a cultural norm, but she hasn't been shot dead yet so maybe it is okay. I'm not sure Ben ever had any friends, so that means he was immersed in the teachings of his family until he went to high school or college. So, at age 12? Did he turn inward onto himself? Did he start following his own inner desires and ideas? As we all know, teenagers know everything, and nothing at the same time. What did Ben's peers teach him? Who did he become when he stopped listening to his parents? Who did he want to become? Who is he now, really? I know what his parents taught him, Christian values. Loving-kindness, charity, goodwill, friendship, respect, tolerance, and much, much more. Those values are sprinkled all throughout creation these days. You can see them in children's books, young adult fiction, grown-up materials. You can see them everywhere, if you're looking in the right places, because Christian values are a reiteration of something even older and more traditional. Ben graduated college and went to work for a gaming company. The same one his brother worked at. His brother, younger than him, excelled at his job and earned better raises than he did. Unhappy, Ben left and went to another job, ending up working in the financial sector. Ben never discussed how unhappy he was about that factoid, he never expressed one bit of real emotion over it. I can imagine as the bigger, older brother, he felt like his baby brother was excelling in something he should have a much better time of, something that should have been easier to him than it was. The truth of the matter is, Ben's not fitting in with his calling. I am not sure what that calling is, but I can tell you that struggling like that is not the road to true happiness. It is true that you can only decide to be happy, honestly, because let's face it, human beings are walking shit shows, no matter which one you are. Life sucks and then you die. But you can put on a smile anyway, and mean it, that's true happiness right there. Counting your blessings, as they say. Being grateful. 
staying out of negative vibrations and verbalizing positive vibrations, which will attract more and more positivity into your life. Sadly, Ben does not put out any vibration at all. The man loves beige. He enjoys having barren walls, a lack of color, and boring furniture. He loves everything neutral and desires only to be neutral, it would seem. He's a psychopath because he tried to force a vibrant and colorful woman to live his Spartan low-color lower vibrational lifestyle. She injected all kinds of higher vibrations and color into his life, but he killed her to repay her for it because that made him realize he also had lower vibrations to take care of. Guilt and shame that he would have to address, but he was afraid to address it. He was afraid to mature and become a responsible adult. He would have to face the fact that he sexually abused his sisters, which he admitted to me regarding one particular sister. You are not a real adult until you take responsibility for 100% of your actions, whether you meant to do them or not. The outcome of your intentions is, in fact, not always in line with your intentions. You could feed your loved one milk chocolate and instead of it being a sweet treat to light up their brain, it's poison that seeps through their tortured innards and causes an allergic reaction. They sneeze or get stuffy and start sniffling right after consuming said treat. I intend to save the world and I'm writing a novel full of smut. Exactly how do those align? They might not. Unless the way I write the smut cures rapists and turns everyone on to the idea of lovemaking. Could it hurt someone? Maybe. I hope not. If it does, drop me a line. Let's talk. I'll Reiki heal you until it's better, I promise. Ben lost the love of his life. He was celibate until the age of 35. He waited around for a woman to tell him they wanted him. He was a true gentleman, the way they're meant to be. He followed all the rules. Now? Now he's bitter no ladies took him to bed sooner than that. Now he's bitter no ladies will take him to bed now. Now that he drove off the woman of his dreams, his wife-to-be, just to chase endless mountains of pussy, and fail, mind you, he has remorse. True regret. Except he doesn't, it's just an act. I imagine he talks about it non-stop, not realizing he's in love. I know he was talking to his board gaming friends about it, bringing back whatever they said to parrot at me, trying to understand how to hook me to stay. I finally wised up to his manipulative bullshit and he needed new tricks if he was going to continue to lie to me and fuck everyone else and tell me how awesome everyone but me is, so he was now turning to Eric the empath for his narcissistic supply. He'd tell me with a smitten look how awesome Eric was as he tried to figure out how to manipulate me further, too, not realizing that I'd figured out that his words indicate everyone but me is worthy of having his attention. If his new targets are lucky, they also see what he was hiding all these years, complete narcissism. I bet they are still stuck in the Ben show somehow, though, because he's completely beguiling. Charming, in a word. He's learned enough to stop telling the complete story because he finally figured out it paints him as the villain even though he won't admit what he knows he did wrong. What he's actually seeking is someone to tell him that he was in love. That's what he needs, as a full-functioning autistic man. That's my stab in the dark over what ails him psychologically, but you know, come to think of it. Autistic people are more sensitive, not less. He's as sensitive as a brick wall. I should know. I've cried at it for hours to absolutely no avail. The brick wall named Ben. Ben has struggled a long time with the romantic side of things because he does not wish to learn or grow. He could read romance novels and understand how women are on the inside. He could read anything with a romance in it and get an idea. He could watch his parents be happy together in his dad's second marriage. 
he could observe his own siblings and the stellar model his little brother is building thanks to the awesome wife he found for himself. During the time I slept with Ben, his little brother met and married a woman. It took all of two years for this to happen. The brother knew what he wanted, one could presume, and he enjoyed Sarah enough to say, she's the one I'm going to marry. If she'll have me. He's a humble kind of guy and I can appreciate that too. He's absolutely autistic if his brother isn't. He lives by rules of engagement. Rules that he and his wife discussed. Boundaries? In fact, that's Sarah's big thing, setting boundaries. This is probably the most important thing to mental health that I can think of. I sometimes wonder if they've set one for Ben yet. I even helped with their wedding. Beyond all odds, against all wisdom, I somehow planned a wedding shower. I spent hours and hours on this event and events leading up to the wedding. Because I'd been part of other weddings, I had ideas to help make it memorable and beautiful. I even meant to make them a garland or other decoration to take into the future together, but I felt too ill to complete that promise. I'm sorry. Maybe in a few years, I'll be well enough. I still have everything I bought to accomplish this feat. When I laid it out on the table, the spark of inspiration never came to cobble it together into a gift, I did this all for the brother of the man who refused to marry me. Ben refused to honor me. He refused to respect me. He has some sort of learning disability, but I posit that he created this problem. Ben told me that I was his first girlfriend. Because of this, I gave him a lot of understanding he never deserved. I tried to teach him how to be a better person, to which I was berated by another man. It is wrong of me to teach the man I am with how to behave and treat me, apparently. How to interface with me. I wonder if Romano said that because he thought I was being an authoritarian about it. I was not, I beseech Ben to consider my emotions. I feel everything ten times more powerfully than anyone else does due to a genetic mutation. I've fixed that, these days, thanks to Reiki, but I feel like I am someone else because of it. I feel broken. I am broken. Even God cries about it. All the time, actually, because he knows I'm never coming back to earth unless someone heals my heart with their love. Pure, unadulterated, unconditional love. Soul love. So here I am, abusing myself on a man who is a liar. God tells me he had a girlfriend before this and he pushed her off a bridge. The man is a psychopath and he's going to try to find me and kill me, too. I take this with a grain of salt because the voices in my head aren't always clearly attached to the topic at hand. It could be someone else. However, I could believe the meticulous sticker peeling, subtle boundary breaker could become violent and end me. Sadly, I don't care anymore. Let me die. God and I role-played a scenario where a service person returned to my home to ask me out on a date. He couldn't get me out of his head ever since my call brought him in. It's unethical for him to even be on my porch, yet we're talking, out in the cold. He should write a letter if he's interested. I mistake him for the man I sit next to in Networking 101, so I think I already have a sense of who he is. You might be wondering what this has to do with Ben. Ben iterated facts that were sad about his life devoid of sex and women. He told me things that would embarrass other people without much hint of who he is underneath. He is beyond quiet, staring into his cell phone all hours, ignoring eye contact and all the people around him. That is, until he needs something from them. Then he'll have dinner and look them in the eyes, beseech them for whatever it is he needs, and then he disappears again to go stare into his phone some more. This is not an operational human being. Not to mention. He's hurting himself. I warned him that his posture wasn't right before, 
Now it's really getting bad. I bet he has chronic headaches these days. It's the craning to look into the phone part. Why not just play EverQuest, bro? I imagine you could achieve more that way than staring at Summoner's War. I think it has more variety. On the other hand, you can't set it down to do something else. Regardless of his reasons, he is an addict. He is a sex addict. The reason we didn't get married, and I quote, is because he said to me, this can't be it. One girl and done. He did even worse than that. He did so many things. For instance, he looked me in the eyes three times and said to my face, I don't know if I want to be with you. Finally, I advised him to acquire a therapist because I couldn't take hearing it anymore. I shouldn't have to be faced with his doubts. It's like he cut out all the friends from his life so he doesn't know how to make them, how to deepen the relationship with them, how to keep them. Friends help you find direction when you have none. He started therapy and a while later, this became, I think I need to sleep with other people. After a while of hearing that, Linda invited me to join him in therapy to talk about it. I turned to Ben and I said to him, and she will verify this in a court of law, I'm sure, if you want me to give you permission to fuck other people, I decline. I am monogamous. Just do it already and see what happens. Later, I added that I'm uninterested in playing the do I have in its TD. Game. He didn't care. Now, I will admit, some things didn't go the way they ought to have gone. I've done things also out of line, I was wrong to do them. I don't even know what motivated me to do them. I do know this, though, that man had me twisted up in knots. He had me in a place that I could not escape. He had me believing I was worthless. He made me feel inferior. And then he made it worse by telling me one epic lie to coerce me into the model of relationship he was looking for. He lied. I bet he doesn't tell anyone that he lied. They're missing this very integral part of the puzzle, the part that turned it into a true shit show. The truth that Ben will not face is twofold. 1. He wants to be married with children. Family fulfills him. 2. He wants to be a god in a harem, constantly having orgies. These two desires are completely out of alignment with each other, or should be, because children see and hear all the things you think they don't, once faced with potential marriage and children with me, which would have murdered me because I'm too sick to care for another human being, he decided to go the opposite way to the desire he truly harbors for himself. He got desire number one on the first try. Surely, he can get his other desire simply by asking for it. He even told me that the other woman invited him to have a threesome with her, with another man. I'm not stupid, he told me this because he wanted me to meet her and have a threesome with her, as well. It's completely transparent to anyone who is like myself. A code cracker. A full-functioning autistic woman. I only need a couple hints and I get the big picture. Sometimes, yes, I am wrong. This time, I really don't think so. He continuously tried to pressure me into a scenario where I could meet her and be okay with her and all the rest. I am monogamous to a fault, it seems. I had zero interest in this. In fact, some of my online acquaintances might recall me soliciting them for a threesome, but ultimately I didn't seem that invested in it. I was going through the motions of potential compromise because it was a condition for being with a man I was trauma-bound to. Or should I call it love? Ben told me he had to date women and have repeat experiences. This, ultimately, broke our relationship into pieces. Now I take a shard and stab him in the heart with it. I want you all to know right now that I tried another compromise in earnest, I suggested we go to a brothel in Nevada and rent a lady's time. Together. 
he declined because he'd have to use an oral dam to provide cunilingus. Thus, when he decided to lie to me and sleep with a man, named Jessica, with pearl parts, identifying as cisgender heterosexual, I encouraged him because he told me he thought he was gay. This happens with almost every man I am with, they think they're gay or bisexual. My theory about humanity is that we are all opportunists and we don't actually care which gender we are with if our needs are appropriately met. I find both women and men attractive and I'm okay with that because I am an artist and I gave myself permission to enjoy beauty. Enjoying beauty isn't sexual, even it arouses me, ultimately. So here I am, the patsy, encouraging a liar to sleep with a man because he thinks he's gay, and the evidence stacks up in favor of that conclusion, there are reasons, but I don't want to get into it. What if his family reads this? And then everyone else tells me I'm wrong for everything I do to try to save this dead-end relationship that ended years before. Except it didn't really end because I couldn't move out and he couldn't stand being celibate more than a week. He'd worm his way back into my bed at every chance he got. He was sleeping next to me nightly when we weren't even together. Then he runs off into a man's arms, treating her like his true partner and I'm chopped liver because why? Because he knows he can manipulate me and make me stay no matter how shitty I feel about our relationship. He's figured out how to game me because my emotions are a tool for him to control me. He'd succeeded at it for four years already. Greater than that's when God stepped back into this vessel. Greater than I am she, the one who you wait for. I'm the savior of planet earth, the Milky Way, and the entire universe. It's not the one you were waiting for, but God's chosen me to fulfill the mission nonetheless. Guess what, earthlings? You haven't planted a bee garden yet. Get your shovels and gloves ready. Buy the seeds. You die if you fail me in this one command. So there you have it. Benjamin C.R. is a psychopath. You might think he's your friend. You might think he's your neighbor. You might think he's your sibling, your son. You might mistake him as a real human being altogether, but he's not. He has brain damage. His amygdala isn't working the way it should to which I have no explanation. I have seen the families. I have known the players. It doesn't add up. There is only one thing that does. They're all crazy because they can't name him for what he is.